today on Laura Lynn and Friends. But if the current trends stay in place, in a hundred years, everyone in Canada will be Muslim. Everyone in Europe will be Muslim. Uh, almost everyone in America will be Muslim. And, and I worry about the future of Christians. Christians are fighting for their lives right now and don't know it. Now, Jews are fighting for our lives, but we know it. Jews have been fighting for 3,800 years for their lives. So you can't say to some Jew, you know you're fighting for your life. They go, excuse me, we've always been fighting for our lives because we represent life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness for 100% of the people. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the beginning of the last days. My name is Laurel and Tatter Thompson and I love to read from my dad's Bible and we're going to be talking about Israel today and I've gotten a lot of mail and uh, some interesting things uh, hurled at me uh, for my support of Israel, which is unequivocal. And uh, I am going to read to you from my dad's Bible and he has written he has um a couple of of verses that are are on this uh page i kind of just opened to i wanted to find something that had to do with with israel and it didn't take long when i went to isaiah 37 isaiah 37 my dad underlined this in verse 31 and the remnant that is escaped of the house of judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. In verse 32, it says, for out of Jerusalem shall go forth a remnant and they that escape out of Mount Zion and the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall do this. And so all through the Old Testament and into the New Testament, it speaks about Israel and it speaks about those famous characters like David and Goliath, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Moses, Abraham. The whole Bible, this Bible, is actually the oldest in the whole world and tells a historical account of land. And so it's not of any surprise to me that, uh, that Israel now has a nation that it calls Israel, wherein we find David was the king of Israel some 2,600 years ago, and he ruled over Jerusalem. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. To us Christians, that's a very important fact. And our Bible says that Jesus' return will be to the Mount of Olives, which is right in Israel. You can see it, and I've seen it, it's beautiful. So, it's not um, a shock to me that Israel would have its land, but apparently there is a narrative out there that Israel is an occupier. And so I wanted to talk to some people who might really know the facts on all of this. And I want to welcome back to the show Dr. Rachel Ehrenfeld, and we also have Ken Abramowitz. And you know, if you want, JT, you can put this up, and I'll just read a little bit about them. Uh, Dr. Rachel Ehrenfeld, author of The Soros Agenda, and I think we talked a bit about that the last time that she was on. She is the founder and president of the New York-based American Center for Democracy and the Economic Warfare Institute. Dr. Ehrenfeld's multidisciplinary approach to approach encompasses economic warfare and weapons of mass effect. 
including disinformation, free speech, indoctrination, propaganda, PC coercion, lawfare, corruption, money laundering, political Islam, terrorist financing, narco-terrorism, and the links between global criminal and radical networks of jihadi terrorist groups. Actually, it sounds like a description of Canada, to be honest. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Uh, so, um, Dr. Ehrenfeld focuses on identifying patterns of seemingly unrelated domestic and foreign economic stability and its financial system and other matters related to U.S. and Western democracies. And Ken Abramowitz, we invite you to the show today for the first time. Uh, Kenneth has been a staunch supporter and contributor to various organizations that are fighting to preserve liberty and to protect America from political Islam and the radical left. He is the chairman of Citizens for National Security, and uh, which is a Florida-based uh, grassroots national security advocacy organization. Ken is the founder of SaveTheWest.com, a website dedicated to saving America from itself. He is also an active board member for the American Center for Democracy, um, and we welcome you both here today. Thank you for being with us. Um, this is a very important uh, topic to my heart, the topic of Israel and also the issue of Islam that we are facing that many people are very afraid to talk about, but I think it's a conversation that we need to have. I have Muslim associates, many people in Canada that I know that are Muslim, and I like to engage in these conversations with them, even if they don't go very well. Um, because I, I, I like to get the truth out and I want to know what we're really facing and how our particular ideologies may or may not uh, translate well into moving forward as we see the landscape changing and we see our um, the, the people, the magnitude of people and the difference in their perspective on religion and uh, or their um, you know, their uh, traditional belief systems. So I'm going to start with you, though, Dr. Rachel, and I want to first talk about uh, the nation of Israel. A lot of people will call Israel an occupier. And I I'd love to hear your perspective as someone who is Jewish and has written the Soros Agenda. What do you say about Israel, the land of Israel, and people referring to them as occupiers? Well... Um, going back to Genesis 32, 38, Jacob was renamed by God as Israel. And since then, uh, all his um, children and grandchildren and all the people that, that followed, um, uh, followed um, the Jacob um, children and grandchildren, the family, uh, became known as Israel, and the land where he lived was also the land of Israel. Read the Bible, everybody, and um, you can actually see that um, Israel is a very ancient uh, nation. Uh, of it's the people and the land that you can read about in the Bible. So it's not something that was all of a sudden like the Palestinians uh, that um, actually adopted the new identity calling the Arabs who, Arab nomads who lived in the uh, territory decided to, okay, we don't like the Jews here. So, and it was actually um, quite an idea of the um, KGB at the time, the Soviet Union, uh, who wanted uh, 
uh, a terrorist organization that will agitate and destroy and disrupt the influence of the United States and the West in the region. So they came up with the idea, okay, let's, let's call the Arabs who live there, who really didn't like the Jews and have actually uh, try, killed many of them over, over the decades, over the centuries. Uh, let's, let's give them a name so we can unite them. Uh, and so Yasser Arafat was chosen, an Egyptian, not, not, not somebody from the region. And they got, they got the name Palest Palestinians. Now, um, if you want to actually look at, I mean, you live in Canada, you're a Canadian citizen, I assume, you can pronounce Canada, right? Mm -hmm. Without any problem. The Palestinians, the so-called Palestinians, cannot say Palestine. They call themselves, they call it Palestine because they cannot pronounce the word P. So mm -hmm. how can you claim to a territory or as a nation if you actually cannot pronounce it properly. That's uh, so interesting. So, yeah, it is interesting. Mm. So uh, that's when they, that's how they began. And uh, that's, uh, but, but the hatred of the Arabs to the Jews um, goes back for, since more or less the Jews actually existed in the land of Israel. These Israelites existed in the land of Israel. So um, it's an important area of the world. It's very important for Christians and Jews, of course. So the Muslims decided they will all, they want part of it too. Um, and uh, Ken, why don't you say something about that? Mm. Yes, Ken, uh, give us your perspective um, on this and, and tell us, uh, um, you're obviously you're Jewish, I'm assuming. So this is uh, central to you know uh, the importance of your history. Um, how do you see this very delicate issue, um, which to me isn't so delicate, but people literally say that Israel shouldn't exist and that they are occupying. Right. So um, uh, Abraham uh, lived uh, approximately three thousand eight hundred years ago and followed by Isaac uh, roughly 100 years later and Jacob 100 years later. So J Jews have been living in Israel, or at that time might have called it Judea and Samaria, uh, for 3,800 years. And there was a formal government set up roughly in the 3,000 years ago with King Saul and then King David and then King Solomon. So uh, the Jews have been informally in Israel for 3,800 years and legally a state for 3,000 years. And so I have an expression that Jews have more right to be in Judea and Samaria than Americans have to be in America or Canadians have to be in Canada. Now, in roughly the year 650, the Muslims, the followers of Muhammad, left what we now call Saudi Arabia, and they illegally invaded and occupied 55 mostly Christian countries and one Jewish country. Uh, because uh, the Christians didn't fight hard enough and the Jews uh, weren't numerous enough at that time uh, to uh, repel the uh, illegal invaders. And the, um, most of the Arabs uh, in Israel uh, uh, now came about 100, 150 years ago uh, as the Jews returned to Israel in the late 1800s, early 1900s, there was work. And so 
uh, Arabs from Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, and Egypt migrated into what we call Israel. And so they've been there, most of the Arabs have been there 100, 150 years, and Jews have been there 3,800 years. So it's actually the opposite. The Arabs are illegally occupying Jewish land. The difference, though, is Jews are willing to live with Arabs, with Muslims. Jews and Arabs are willing to live with each other. It's the Muslims that aren't willing to live with the Jews uh, or, or the Christians because uh, Islam is a very intolerant tolerant religion. <clears throat> and so that's why we have this conflict. Wow. That, that's a, you know, that, that begins to explain a bit of it. So if somebody wanted, um, Ken, if somebody wanted to do a deep dive and to examine and to get the, the, the data, the facts as recorded in history, do you have a suggestion about where that might be found? Well, there's been uh, uh, lots of books pu published on uh, the history of the Jews and uh history of the Muslim, history of the Christians. Uh, but there was a book called From Time Immemorial, uh, which was a um, exhaustive study of, okay. uh, of the issues that uh, we just discussed. Um, Thank you. From Time Immemorial. And I've heard of that book. Oh, we might have just lost him. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll ask you, um, I'll, I'll ask you, uh, Dr. Rachel, um, are you surprised that now there is a large faction, including Palestinians who are marching through the, um, you know, the North America? Are you surprised though, that many of them and others completely disregard this kind of historical accuracy? They they claim something completely different and maybe they don't even know they don't even know from the river to the sea what river but you know so maybe it's just ignorance some know some don't but um the issue is what what do you expect from uh, actually people uh who made up a new identity and now okay so they're making up their um they're making up their uh possession of of a territory too so that's what is happening. Um, this is not surprising at all. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Dr. Rachel, since October 7th, it does seem that that has been a catalyst for a lot of anti-Semitism. That has been, that has just brought in a wave of anger, rage. And what's shocking to me is it's actually the Jews that were attacked in Israel and yet somehow it's been turned around even before the first but, you know attacks from israel that there's hatred towards the jews this is this is not new uh, actually the history of modern israel and many many attacks by so-called palestinians and other arabs uh, really distinguishes itself by the fact that the muslims who attacked israel uh, claimed immediately after their attack that they were victimized by Israel. They are the victims. This is a very old story. This has been going on again and again and again. They are the, they are the offenders and they are always claiming that they are victims. So uh, there is nothing new about that. 
and the ability to change the narrative now has been facilitated by huge amounts of money from Qatar, uh, from uh, Turkey, uh, from uh, probably from other uh, radical Muslim countries and organizations here in the West as well as by progressive left organizations. Interestingly, the woke uh, left progressives who are calling for um, uh, um, for calling for new identities, boys should be girls and girls should be boys, uh, for no religion, against Christians, against Jews, against sovereignty, against state, uh, uh, for racial division, uh, for climate justice, whatever it is, all of them have joined also and sponsored also by organizations that support the woke and the left, uh, join the uh, so-called uh, Palestinian victims, the Palestinian aggressors, uh, marching the streets with signs calling for what? LGBT lesbians for or, or, or gays for Palestine? <laughs> well, let them go. Let them go to Gaza. Let's see what will happen to them. They will be thrown out of uh, huge. They will be killed instantly. So, uh, because that's what uh, Islam does with uh, people who behave uh, in ways they don't like. And the Muslims don't like the behavior of most people who are not behaving exactly like they dictate at the time. The problem is that um, it's, it's not Islam, the religion itself, um, which is, um, should, should be reformed but it's the fact that it has been turned into a political movement in 1929 uh, with the rise of the Muslim Brotherhood with Hassan al-Banna uh, in Egypt. And since then it had really developed and is now have penetrated um, especially, well, everywhere, but it is really targeting Western countries, especially English speaking countries, um, and America is the, the big, the big for the, for the Shiites uh, in Iran, it's the big, it's the big Satan, uh, and Israel is a small Satan, but they are the major, America is the big win, if they, the big, the big prize, if they can take it over and they, and they say it. And on my website on acdemocracy.org, you can find actually, the, literally, uh, what citations of what they, their leaders here in Canada and in the United States are claiming. And they claim that this area also, it's not only Israel, it's not only the land of Israel. They are claiming that the United States and Canada belong to them. Okay, so this is really a very, um, this is an interesting phenomenon. And it's interesting that each time that they are being defeated or that they are, they are aggressors um, and after they have been defeated, they, they move forward and they get a bonus from the West. So in 1993, after the uh, Palestinian had really uh, attacked Israel, had, Israel had hundreds of uh, casualties uh, buses were blown up, uh, coffees, restaurants, um, uh, 
uh, hospitals, whatever, everything, they blew up um, many, many places and caused many casualties, many deaths in Israel. Um, well, they were surprised and then um, they got their own uh, their recognition uh, with Clinton and um, and in, in the White House, and they uh, got recognition of their new, really made-up identity as Palestinians. So the Palestinian Authority was established, and now apparently with this war, they also want to. Um, uh, they also want to. I don't know. Um, throw the Jews to the sea, as they say, or eliminate the Jews who, who uh, live in Israel uh, and eliminate the country, and they want now to be really ruling it from the river to the sea, territory that does not belong to them. They want another bonus, and we shouldn't give it to them. Yes, yes. And did, did I hear, hear you correctly that they now, they kind of are conquerors, aren't they? They... they haven't some stated they want to conquer the world, and so then they say that these other West, the Westlands are, is my sound working? Your sound okay. is working. Okay, good. Um, so mark, the, mark this spot, please, JT. Aren't they also saying, yeah, okay, okay. Could I check with you with something that you said as well, um, that they are claiming ownership of the West as well? Like they do like to conquer lands. Yeah, well, um, they are now, they, they, they've been saying it all along that they won't. Uh, initially, it was only, well, the Middle East, okay? Um, uh, Israel, then the Middle East. But these are the radical Muslims, the Islamists, both on the Sunnah, both the Sunnis and the Shiites, which is Iran. Um, and it's the Muslim Brotherhood and, and Iran. And <coughs> they are what is called the political Islam. Uh, political Islamist uh, groups and countries want to take over the West. Um, mm -hmm. That's what they are trying to do. And they have been doing it uh, for now, for uh, really centuries, uh, especially since um, uh, in, since the 20th century uh, and now even more, they increased their activities after 9-11. Um, they, um, uh, they are really uh, missionaries. <laughs> they, are, they are recruiting uh, youth, um, and many people to their cause, to their religion. And they are doing it very often with financial rewards. So uh, this has been going on for, for a long time and they increased this activity. And the more they settled in the West, they became more aggressive and um, claiming all kinds of rights, which are, which are extra bonuses that other people are not getting. Mm. Uh, this has been the story and, and really trying to enforce their religion uh, on everybody else. Uh, they never tried to assimilate, they never tried to adopt any country that accepted them. And uh, so that's, their, that's how they are progressing and uh, getting really more power. Ken? Um, yes, Ken, if I could ask you then, 
you you talk about uh, preserving liberty and protecting America from political Islam. Have you seen the rise of this in uh, the United States of America? I know that we see the rise of it in Canada as well. And what can you tell us about that? Well, uh, first, I, I just have to spend 30 seconds on definitions. Uh, okay. Islam is both a religion and a political movement. Uh, everybody has a right to their own religion, right? That's what uh, Western uh, democracies believe in. Uh, but you do not have the right to impose your religion on somebody else. That's called political Islam or Islamism or jihadism. Political Islam should be declared illegal. By the way, if someone's a Protestant and, and uh, meets a Catholic and say, you should become a Protestant, and if you don't become Protestant, I'm going to kill you. Or if someone's a Catholic and says the same to a uh, Protestant, they go right to jail. So uh, um, how come we, uh, Jews, Christians, or Hindus, would go to jail if we force someone to think the way we think, but the Muslims can force us to think the way they think, and then they don't go to jail? So uh, a number one issue here is we have to declare political Islam to be illegal. Not Islam, not the religion of Islam, but the politicization of Islam, the imposition of Islam on somebody else should be illegal. Uh, by the way, in Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and the Emirates, political Islam is illegal. The Muslim Brotherhood, uh, or the counterpart for the Shiites for Iran, um, uh, any of those Islamists would be in jail in those Arab countries, but not in the Christian countries. So all we have to do is behave like the Arab countries and also um, criminalize uh, political Islam. Now, uh, that's number one. Uh, number two, uh, the uh, adherents of political Islam are Qatar and Turkey, who are financing the Muslim Brotherhood and mosques and schools <coughs> throughout the Western world. And you have Iran with its mosques and schools and uh, propaganda and false narratives on the Shiite side. Approximately 85% of Muslims are Sunni, 15% are Shiite. But together, these political Islam organizations are dedicated to taking over the world. There's a very famous expression in terror literature, Christians, Jews, and Hindus will convert to Islam or we're going to kill them. So Qatar and Turkey would agree, and Iran would agree. The only thing they would disagree is the time framework. Uh, how quickly do we kill everybody? How do we kill everybody? Uh, maybe we can just intimidate them into accepting Islam so we don't have to kill them. But they're all seeking world domination. And uh, now, uh, third point and final point, the Muslims uh, tried to take over, after they finished taking over half of the Christian world, uh, uh, roughly 1400 years ago, uh, they tried to take over Spain. And they were in Spain several hundred years and, and roughly the year 750, the, the Catholic uh, king at the time uh, uh, brought an army together and pushed them out of Spain. They still want to go back to Spain, but but the uh, uh, Catholics threw them up. And then in the mid 1400s, they they were uh, they went to the gates of Vienna, and the Austrians, Hungarians, and Polish uh, fought till the end, and they kicked them out. Uh, if those if if that hadn't happened, all of Europe would be uh, Christian uh, would be uh, Muslim right now. 
And then, they, they, by the way, they also went to India and tried to kill all the Hindus, and the Hindus killed them. <laughs> and that ended that. And so, so the political Islam only stops when it is stopped. It doesn't stop because they say, oh, you know, we have so much land and uh, we should be happy. No, they're never happy until they take over the world and they are only stopped when they're stopped. And that's why we have to stop them. Wow. Uh, thank you for all of that history. That's very helpful. Um, if I could ask you, uh, Dr. Rachel, uh, do you see this as a, uh, a prominent threat then um, in North America as well? And have you witnessed it changing? I'm sure that you're keeping the pulse on it because it can almost go unnoticed. I know here in Canada, uh, recently we had a global news report about the, uh, the, the number of people that are coming in um, that maybe, you know, are aligned with terrorist organizations which Canada refuses to call terrorist organizations, but they're mm -hmm. here and there's a problem. So uh, if, unless you're paying attention, the mainstream media largely doesn't talk about it here in Canada anyways. Well, uh, the, the media doesn't talk about it in, in, uh, in North America in general, in, in the US either. Uh, you have, uh, you have uh, your prime, wonderful prime minister, Mr. Trudeau, who really, um, took Canada in the wrong direction. Uh, it, it, it really, uh, it was facilitated because the Muslims were able to, um, to impose on Canada and on the United States and other English speaking countries uh, and other countries. Uh, they came up after 9-11, they came up with the um, notion, oh, how can we actually progress? Because of course, uh, the terrorists who um, committed the horrendous, uh, um, the horrendous attack on the U.S. on 9-11-2001 uh, were radical Muslims, they were terrorists. Uh, and um, so how can we, uh, being victims, what can we do now? This is, this, is this is a going on motive. So they said, okay, anybody who criticize, anybody who says Muslim terrorism because, well, yeah, many of um, Muslim terrorists have been causing a lot of death and mayhem all over the world, not only here. Uh, so um, everybody who is actually talking about uh, Muslim terrorism is an Islamophobe. Well, <laughs> so, but it's not funny because they managed to um, increase the um, uh, imposition of political correctness uh, which the government um, uh, were very glad to um, to follow Western governments. I don't know why. Probably because they didn't want to offend at the time Saudi Arabia, or um, we, which is uh, one of the biggest uh, sources for uh, oil have been. So um, uh, for whatever reasons, uh, they managed to really impose all kind of uh, Sharia law of. Uh, Islamic laws um, uh, on, on the general public, uh, on Christians and Muslims, on everybody, on the secular public as well, uh, their, their values on us instead of being, of adopting our values uh, for them. Uh, so um, yeah, we, we, see, we see this uh, all the time. You saw how slowly over the years, after 9-11, it took about, I don't know, 
10 years or so before I saw the first uh, completely covered woman walking in the street in the middle of Manhattan. You didn't see it before. All of a sudden you started to see girls and women wearing uh, a hijab uh, on their head. So I found out actually that in several communities uh, in the vicinity of uh, larger New York, they were actually uh, Muslim organizations uh, were paying young girls um, and women to wear it. They invited them to the mosque and said, okay, so if you wear this, why don't you wear this um, on your head? Uh, you know, we will pay you whatever each month that you will be wearing it. I don't know how they work in other areas. I only know about what they've done here. And all of a sudden we saw many, many, you know, the number of girls and women wearing this hijab increased tremendously. Uh, this is one way to show that they are different than the secular and the Christians and the Jews who live in the communities. They always want to be different and to impose their behavior on us. So they have lawsuits and care here in, in the United States and in Canada. They also have all kinds of lawsuits supposedly for discriminating, but they were not discriminated. They always want extra rights, uh, not, uh, not equal rights. Wow, so, Ken, can you add to that? famous sentence in the, our Declaration of Independence that I love, and it says that the role of the government is to protect the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness of the people. It doesn't say 100%, but it implies 100% of the people uh, have the right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and the government has to protect that. Uh, the Islamists, or political Islam, again, the Muslim Brotherhood on the Sunni side, in Iran on the Shia side, they believe in life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness for 10% of the people. Me, my family, and my friends, but not for you. And so they're, they're supremacists. They're Isla uh, Islamic supremacists. And so the question is, uh, will democracies be run by we the people? In other words, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness for 100% of the people. Or will it be run by a group of Islamic or communist elites who believe in life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness for 10% of the people. That's what the battle's all about. That's what, uh, you can call it a war, you can call it a battle, you can call it cultural differences, but that's what we're fighting about. But if the current trends stay in place, in 100 years, everyone in Canada will be Muslim. Everyone in Europe will be Muslim. Uh, almost everyone in America will be Muslim. And... And I worry wow. about the future of Christians. Christians are fighting for their lives right now and don't know it. Now, Jews are fighting for our lives, but we know it. <laughs> Jews have been fighting for 3,800 years for their lives. So you can't say to some Jew, you know you're fighting for your life. They go, excuse me, we've always been fighting for our lives because we represent life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness for 100% of the people. And the criminal organizations, of which we're discussing, basically don't want everybody to have rights. They only want the leadership to have rights. And so the um, uh, Israel will, will be strong and be full of Jews uh, forever and ever and ever. The question is, will the Western world be full of Christians? That's really the key issue facing uh, uh, the Christian world. And the Christian world has no clue that they're on the endangered list. Wow. We need to make a tweet right there. Ah. Um, okay. So... 
I hear what you're saying, and I'm concerned about what I see on your southern border, because if America is not going to protect what it has, and they've got these millions of people coming over your southern border with all kinds of beliefs and differing perspectives than what America would uphold, uh, do you see this as problematic, Ken? I'll start with you, and then we'll ask Dr. Rachel. Well, our open southern and northern border represent an existential threat to the country. And it's being orchestrated by our current government, which I call a rogue government. And they are full of um, communists, uh, which I color code reds. They're full of Islamists, as we were just discussing, which I color code green. And they're full of uh, blues or globalists, color coded blue for the United Nation color. So, and our government is full of reds, greens, and blues, and they're not dedicated to protecting the country. They're, uh, they're facilitating uh, an open invasion by our enemies of America. <laughs> and so uh, if, if the uh, current reds, greens, and blues stay in power for another 10 years, that's why I said there won't be any Christians left uh, in America. And so we in America, in you in Canada, have to make your final stand right now. Just like in the uh, mid-700s, the uh, Catholics made their final stand in Spain and threw the Muslims out, and the um, uh, Christians in uh, Austria-Hungary and Poland threw the Muslims out and made their final stand in the mid-1400s. So we, right now, have to make our final stand and declare political Islam illegal, uh, communist, communism, uh, should, uh, uh, which is basically... Um, uh, I call it paganism, uh, a revival of paganism should be yep. declared illegal. And, and we the, who believe in the Constitution Bill of Rights should basically put our foot down and say, we're not going to tolerate paganism. We're not going to tolerate Islamism. We're not going to tolerate people who believe in life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness for 10% of the population. In other words, these are all criminals. And we have to uh, say, just say no to criminal organizations. It's not very complicated. Wow. I appreciate you saying this. And uh, this should be said more popular and be shouted from the rooftops right now, but everyone's too afraid to speak. And especially in um, in Canada, uh, we have, uh, what is it, M103, I think, um, something that it, it protects... Um, it protects Muslims, and it says basically you're not allowed to speak uh, against them. Uh, we've had all kinds of crazy going on. Dr. Um, Rachel, the other thing going on is a lot of Chinese coming in across the border, the southern border. That's been sort of been revelatory lately. Um, I ha actually have no idea. How do Chinese people feel about the Jews? Any idea? Do they talk about it? Well... I didn't speak with anybody who came across the border, the northern or the southern border lately. So I, uh, I don't know. Don't know. <laughs> in general, no, in general, um, the Chinese, um, uh, the Chinese officials that I've spoken with, etc., uh, have been, um, uh, have been really respecting Israel because they say that Ch the Chinese uh, culture and the Jewish culture are the oldest cultures, uh, civilizations actually in the world. So they respect they respect Israel for that. Now politically, Z is um, Z is doing whatever he can in order to uh, 
strengthen China. So that's another story. So they vote politically uh, and they act politically as they wish. Um, it's a totalitarian country, and so um, they do what the what the leader uh, wants to do. Um, the um, uh, the Chinese that come here now we start um, hearing all of a sudden from the very um, actually left leaning media here uh, that well the Chinese that are coming across they in order to leave China and fly anywhere you need the permission of the government you cannot leave China just you know I buy a ticket and I go. The, the government has to approve of that. So, oh no, they actually went as tourists to Ecuador or to Mexico, and from there they decided to come over. Really? Uh, mm. There is a documentary that I've seen recently by somebody who joined the group, so joined yeah. several groups that came across the border, and he saw, and he saw the Chinese were very wealthy, and they are not actually going through the jungles, they actually take flights in different uh, um, in different uh, South American countries and Central American countries to come to actually to Mexico as close as possible to the border. They fly there, and from there, and you see them. They are well dressed. They have very nice suitcases, and they just walk across the border. Wonderful. Uh, this is this is being planned. This is being uh, used to penetrate uh, the United States. And God knows what will they do once they get some order from China, what to do. Now, you had many, many people in Vancouver, uh, where you are, from China. Yep. Many who came, many who came after the Hong Kong, Hong Kong was given to China. Um, so um, you are familiar with the Chinese and their cultures, and they are very happy to prosper mm -hmm. and live among other people. These are different kind of people now. These are on a mission and they were sent in like North Koreans also have been sent out by the North Korean government uh, to go to different countries and to do whatever is being asked by the government to do uh, and spy and, and do other things that are requested of them. So this is a very, this is really an invasion and the purpose is to take over both, uh, to take over North America. Yes, and a, a gentleman that was on Tucker Carlson was saying that, as you say, that these people are different than the Chinese that are now living here because actually we have a police state Chinese, uh, you know, um, organization, police stations that are now really intimidating our Chinese Canadians. And so and I, I think- be there. No, the Canadian, I don't know why they Canadian are. The Canadian government shouldn't allow it and the U.S. government shouldn't allow it. What is going on with that? You know, what is going on with that? Um, in light of this, uh, Ken, I wanted to ask you, you're, you're basically saying, like, this is our fight. This is the war for our generation. If we go 100 years and we're mostly Muslim in the United States of America, obviously someone went to sleep on the job because we're not Muslim now. We don't want to be Muslim. We're Christians. Uh, we're, we're many different things, but we do not want to be uh, anywhere near underneath that kind of regime or mentality or ideology because we do not believe in it or agree with it. So, so are we in danger at this hour? And what should America be doing that they're not doing now? 
<clears throat> well, uh, all democracies are in mortal danger uh, from the dictatorships. Approximately half of the people in the world live in a democracy, half live in a dictatorship. The dictatorships, I color code red, green, and blue, communists, Islamists, and globalists. These three groups of criminal organizations or dictatorships have made the decision to take over the world. And they're only going to be stopped if we stop them. They're not, as I said before, they're not going to stop uh, of their own volition. And so we're right now in World War III. We don't know that, but we are. We're fighting for our lives. We don't know that. And, and we have to act as if we're fighting for our lives. And we need leadership that's not corrupt. Many of the democracy leaders <clears throat> have been paid off by the reds, greens, and blues. Uh, they have a, the Chinese have a concept called elite capture. So they basically uh, bribe uh, leaders in, in, in America, I'm sure, in Canada and, um, and all the democracies to um, uh, work, work closely with them and facilitate the destruction of their own country. Uh, and so uh, we need leaders that are not corrupt and we have to get rid of the corrupt leaders and we the people have to take over and we have to insist that our government protects us and protects life, living, pursuit of happiness for 100% of the people. And, and we have to put our foot down, so to speak. There was a famous movie uh, called Network in, uh, about 40 years ago. You, you, you're, you're probably you're too, too young to have seen it. No, okay. I've seen it. Then, I've seen it. Yeah. Oh. So there was that famous line, uh, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to mm -hmm. take it anymore. Yeah, and he throws well, we all. That's right. We all have to become as mad as hell and not take it anymore. Now, in on October 7th in Israel, uh, everyone became as mad as hell. But they should yes. have been as mad as hell on October 6th, 5th, and 4th. But only when the uh, Hamas death cult uh, uh, invaded Israel and killed 1,200 uh, innocent civilians, then the people became as mad as hell. So Israel now knows it's in World War III. But that attack against Israel was an attack against Canada, an attack against America, an attack against democracy everywhere. We all should be as mad as hell. And, and by the way, I call Christians and Jews Siamese twins. If something bad happens to Jews, it's bad for Christians. And if something bad happens to Christians, it's bad for Jews. Because we have to work together and save ourselves from the pagans. And the pagans are the reds, the greens, and the blues. I call our, our World War III the revenge of the pagans. For 3,800 years, Jews and Christians together have destroyed paganism. Well, 3,800 years later, the pagans say, oh, I'm going to get revenge on those Jews and Christians that force us to follow the rule of law, force us to uh, believe in the Constitution and Bill of Rights, and, um, and, and, and uh, declared war on criminal organizations like us. So the pagan criminal organizations are now uh, uh, sensing blood, so to speak, and, and they want to, to destroy all the democracies. So we have to make our final stand right now. There won't be World War IV. <laughs> this is it, World War III, and we have to win it. I, I appreciate what you're saying, uh, yourself and uh, Dr. Rachel. Uh, Dr. Rachel, um, as we wind up, is, is that how you're feeling? Are we in World War III? And we don't know it. And what do you see that people need to be doing? For one thing, I can tell you in Canada, we need to start speaking up about what we actually believe. Because I'm a rarity. 
I'm a big mouth here. I don't know if it's because I'm, you know, dual citizen, but I don't know. I just got a really big mouth because my, my parents were unafraid to speak their minds. But but something's wrong. Most people just don't want to tackle, oh, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And we're losing our land. Well, uh, yeah, more people should speak up uh, for sure. Uh, in Canada, you have all kinds of laws that... Um, uh, can get you into trouble, and um, this is why probably some people who otherwise would speak up are not speaking up because they are not very courageous. So they don't, uh, they are not willing to um, inconvenience themselves uh, by going to court um, and actually defending their rights uh, and, and demanding their rights. Uh, so in Canada, what you need to do is really choose um, politicians that convey your opinion, that are really uh, trustworthy to uh, act uh, according to your principles as well, to represent them, uh, and get rid of uh, all the others. Uh, because yeah. other, if not, uh, you, will be, you will be facing even more restrictions and uh, more so-called political correctness that will force you into, into extinction. Uh, the United States will be facing um, elections in, in November, and um, I, I really pray and hope that the people will uh, be able uh, to vote as they feel and that the results will be uh, reflecting that, and we can get rid of uh, uh, this very weak and corrupt government uh, in the U.S. I appreciate that. And Ken, I'm just going to put on a share here, uh, savethewest.com. This is a place that has valuable information such as you've shared <laughs> and uh, tells the truth on, on what we're facing right now. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, can you just say your last sentence again? The last sentence relative to yes. what? So I said, um, I said, yes, this is your website that uh, talks about um, what's going on in the world. Yes. Yes. Uh, the website's dedicated to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness for 100% of the population. In other words, I, I try to represent we the people. I'm just an individual, and, and Rachel helps me tremendously. Uh, but we represent we the people, and we're watching our elites, which I call the reds, the greens, and blues. I also call them the pagans, who are, are trying to deny us our rights and take us back into time 3,800 years. And they call themselves progressives. They're actually regressive. And they're trying to reverse 3,800 years of progress, and they, they purposely use a deceptive word saying that the progressives, they're regressives, and we have to challenge them and put them back in a box where they belong and reassert uh, the uh, Judeo-Christian philosophy, history, tradition, religion, uh, the most successful society in the history of societies in the history of the world. We have nothing to be ashamed about. We just have to be stronger and tougher. So is this your book here, The Multi-Front War? Yes. Yes, excellent. Yes. And where can we get that? Can we get that on your website here at savethewest.com? Yes, and, and it just takes you to a link to Amazon. Uh, so any of the big book vendors, 
will have it. And um, and I, I describe World War III, and I describe how we're fighting a hundred different challenges, a hundred, one hundred. I describe all of the hundred challenges, and I describe how to win a hundred times. Because when you have a hundred challenges, you ha you have to have a strategy. So first, you have to know you're in World War III. Secondly, you have to have a strategy to win, and you have to identify all the enemies and all the fronts and all the issues, <laughs> and then you have to have people in place to uh, to win. It's it's just like a football game, <laughs> uh, and it's um, but if you don't have the coach. And, and you don't have the, the management and you don't have the players, uh, you're going to lose the game. It's a team sport. I, I love it. And uh, Dr. Rachel will uh, let you go, but I just thank you that uh, you've done an, an article on this same website, um, How George Soros Funds Anti-Semitism. Yeah, you, so, can find, you can find more information on my website on yes. the American Center for Democracy, AC Democracy, uh, with a lot of uh, information also for Canadians about how Muslims in Canada are speaking about Canada and about Canadians. Uh, so it should really interest uh, your Canadian um, your Canadian listeners uh, very much. This is absolutely amazing. And uh, I'll just thank you both. Um, I hope to have you on again soon because I kind of think that this next year or two is going to be um, heating up and there's going to be a lot to talk about. So perhaps we could meet together every couple of months if that would be all right with the two of you. That would Whenever be fine. You want. All right. That is wonderful. Thank you so much you. for your work and your courage and your truth. I appreciate it. I think you're absolutely right. And I feel very inspired. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. And we would, we, we would appreciate the links so we can post them also on our website and uh, you will get more publicity. We, we are going to send that to you. Absolutely. Toby Carson will forward that to you. I, I absolutely love this. I appreciate what you're saying in it. It just, it's helping to set America free and we have to wake up and we have to understand uh, what's at stake here. And you're bringing that to light. I hope that you get to speak all over the place. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Pleasure. Thank you. Well, that is interesting. So there's acdemocracy.org and also savethewest.com, Dr. Rachel Ehrenfeld and Ken... Abramowitz. And boy, do I like them. Boy, do I ever like them. All right, we are going to, um, let's just uh, clock out a little bit fast here because I want this show to be able to be a, a bite size for people to be able to consume. My website is laurelin.tv. Thank you so much for watching. If you appreciate this kind of information, quite clearly, you will not be getting this on uh, any of the mainstream media news uh, liars and deceivers and uh, the, the blackmailed, you know, bribed uh, clan that is guarding information, not letting you know what's happening. These are, these are topics that take courage to talk about. And I'm, I'm willing to do it because I feel it's a calling. I'm not here because it's a job. If you believe in this, if you believe in Israel being a nation, if you believe that anti-Semitism is on the rise and we cannot just sit quietly and watch that happen. If you believe that there is truth to be told on these issues, would you
please support this show. There's a donate button right there at laurelin.tv. You can make a one-time donation, large or small. We appreciate it. Um, we love the large donations, but we sure appreciate the small donations because we know that times are tough and some of you are making difficult decisions with your funds. And when you decide to throw us a few dollars, it means a lot. It means the world, but it does keep the lights on. It does fund this war that we do here every day on this broadcast. This is our war. <clears throat> I do think we're in World War III and I'm fighting it and I'm a soldier in that war. And if you want to fund the war, some of you can't do what I do. You don't know how to get the message out. Well, share, 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 share this, share this uh, video with some folks who are a little bit confused about what's happening. Give them some facts. Let them understand what we're really facing, what the truth is, because there's a lot of diversions going on. And if you'd like to e-transfer us at Live at protonmail.com, that would be good too. And uh, JT's just going to put that right up on the screen. Also, Live at gmail.com if you prefer Gmail, but it's protonmail.com generally. And you can send me emails as well to encourage me or to disagree with me. Whatever it is, I try to get back to you. And um, we, we have to stay together. We have to stand strong together. So I appreciate that you've been here. Also, we recommend that your money in the bank be converted to gold and silver. That's what we do. We don't keep large uh, amounts of money, mainly because we don't have any. <laughs> JT's laughing. <laughs> that would be a good reason why we don't keep large amounts of money. But we like to just take our little bit and convert it into gold and silver because gold and silver... Um, on a day when our dollar might be devalued to 60%, 50% of, uh, you know, what, what you think it's worth today because they've overspent, because someone calls in loans, because the whole system crashes. When you have gold and silver, it's com a completely tradable commodity and uh, you are able to have something that is solid. It's in your hands. So Steve Merrill at Sun City Silver, Sovereignize at protonmail.com, get a hold of him as soon as you can and get some gold and silver into your hands so that you're never left on a rainy day. All right, I wanna thank you for joining us. I wanna leave you with a wonderful psalm to just bring you blessing because this is, wow, people tell you, you know, people say we're in World War III. Wow, that's like, that is not a feel good kind of broadcast today. I don't know about you, but I don't feel encouraged by that. Um, I do feel encouraged though, that because I know my God, I know where I stand. And I am not for a second worried about anything. I know it's in his hands. I know that God knows fully what is going on, even if we do not. And I know that we can trust him. And I know that he will vindicate us. I know he will bring justice to us in our lives. And the hard part is sometimes we might not necessarily see it. Sometimes God's justice comes later, afterward, after we've lived. You know, for, for Abraham, he died not really truly seeing the promise that God had given to him and to the people of Israel. He died not seeing the fulfillment of it, but he trusted God. In Psalms 26, it says this, Vindicate me, Lord, for I have led a blameless life. Wow, David was, <laughs> I guess he hadn't sinned with Bathsheba yet. <laughs> oh, it's kind of like Trump, eh? Do you think you've sinned, Trump? Trump's like, no, 
I don't think so. I can't think of anything. <laughs> I guess I guess God's humbled him a little, so he knows he's a sinner. In any case, let's pray for Trump. He's got a big job ahead of him this year. I have trusted in the Lord and have not faltered. Can you say that? I want to be able to say this. I want to be able to say before God, hey, vindicate me. I've led a blameless life. I know for me personally, I've already failed. All right. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ, I am completely forgiven. I am completely renewed. I am redeemed from the law of sin and death. The curse is broken over my life. So right now, as I sit here before you, yeah, I'm sinless. I'm blameless. I'm just like David. I have not faltered. Test me, Lord. Oh, that's a dangerous prayer. Try me. Examine my heart and my mind, for I have always been mindful of your unfailing love and have lived in reliance on your faithfulness. Wow. Are you mindful of his unfailing love? Is it at the top of mind? When you're going through life and the enemy, the accuser of the brethren is telling you that you're worthless and you're nothing and you're a failure and you've, you've just missed the boat. Do you remind him that you are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ and that you are set free and that you are living in the blessing and the goodness of God? Do you remind him that? Do not let the enemy tell you who you are. Be mindful that God's love is unfailing. Be more mindful of God's unfailing love than you are of the enemy's evil, vile attacks. Be more mindful of what God is doing for you. I do not sit with the deceitful, nor do I associate with hypocrites. I abhor the assembly of evildoers. I refuse to sit with the wicked. You know, sometimes we think we have to be nice to everybody. The word of God is kind of telling us right now that David's heart, because of his, his allegiance to God, he refused to sit with the sinners. He abhors the assembly of evildoers. Well, so do I. I abhor you, you evildoers. And it's right here in the word. I wash my hands in innocence and go about your altar, Lord, proclaiming aloud your praise. Amen. God bless. We'll see you soon. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.